Welcome back to the 22nd episode of the Keep League and its Communities podcast. I am your host, Mackenzie Carboni. This week, I had the pleasure of speaking with Damon Ionelli, who is a scout for the Rockies that comes to the Cape every summer for two weeks. I'm just going to ask you about the recruiting and scouting process when you go to the Cape and just over the years how it goes just because I personally don't know much about it and it will be a nice perspective for my listeners to hear it because I do talk to a lot of the athletes that go through the process of going from college to the draft or the minors or whatever it is so sure could just start off with can you describe the process of you going to the Cape and your recruiting process like maybe when you go how it goes about how many games you really go to yeah, so every team's different. And I work for the Colorado Rockies, so we, we'll send up guys in different waves. Uh, I try to go early, and what I try to do is is see uh, – I try to focus really on, like, Wareham and Bourne primarily, okay. and then I'll see all the teams that they play. Uh, and we'll, we'll set different guys in different regions. We'll have somebody in Orleans. We'll have somebody in Hyannis. And that way we're not running around trying to see every team. So that's kind of our initial process. Okay. And then we'll communicate with, with, with each other. If we see somebody from, say, I watched Orleans against Wareham, I'm like, hey, I really like the center fielder. And then they'll, it'll help them so uh, ID players. So it's kind of like you guys go off each other, like almost like a team aspect. You kind of We do. Yeah. Because you could run around and try to see everybody and you don't see anything. Yeah. Or you you're... could slow down and really focus on a couple teams. And I've actually been working with and a very good friends with Harvey Shapiro for mm-hmm. a long time and uh, with the guys at, uh, at Wareham, starting with back with Cooper Ferris. And mm-hmm. I would – those are my teams, so I would send out as many players as I could to them. Yeah, that's awesome. And I live in the deep south, you know, so it was LSU, Mississippi State, Arkansas, a lot of those guys. Yeah, I remember we hosted the Wareham. We moved on to coaches, really. So we had, like, Matt Miller. He was from the south. I forget oh, what yeah. state exactly. And then we had this guy, Nick. I'm pretty sure he was from the south, too. So, yeah, we've had a lot of southern guys come up for our team. Well, that was kind of my, not an angle, but I'm like, if I'm covering these two teams, I want to send players that I like to both of them. Yeah. So I could see them more and um, and maybe even get to know them a little bit more, you know, outside of their university. So so that's part of the process, too, is, is just trying to see how they interact and how they're fitting in up there and competing. So will you communicate with, say, uh, Harvey and the head coach at Wareham about who they should recruit for, say, this season coming up? Uh, I, I do. I mean, a lot of times they'll call me with certain with certain names. They're like, hey, we talked to them. We can get this guy or this guy. And I'll just make recommendations. But, I mean, I don't do the placing for them, but I yeah. will help them. Ooh. Or if I see a guy that might be under the radar a little bit from maybe a mid-major school that's not mm-hmm. as high profile, I'll recommend him to one of those two teams. And that kind of started with Wade Miley, who's had a really good career in Wareham way back. We couldn't get anybody to take him. We finally were just – we. we we begged Cooper and he took him and Harvey said, okay, next time you have a guy, I'm taking him. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, okay. I got to mm-hmm. listen more. <laughs> so how long have you been a scout and going to the Cape and doing this whole process? I've been scouting for 26 years. Mm-hmm. I've probably been going to Cape for at least a solid last 10 years. Okay. And I try to, when you asked earlier, our process, I try to stay up there for at least two weeks. Okay. That's, that's a good chunk and, of time, especially with how yeah. many games go on. There's at least... In that two-week period, probably 10, 11 games. 
Yeah, and it, sometimes you can see, you know, one early. Maybe you're at Katua. You can mm-hmm. go over the bridge and catch Wareham that night. Um, you know, so you, you try to see as much as you can. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I meant 10 to 11 games per team is what I would – because I know right. that they have very minimal – days off and with the rain during the cape in the summer sometimes no days off because the rain outs can be tough it is and when they started you know twitter i did i wasn't even on twitter and then they were like hey you guys got to get on twitter we're going to send our updates through that yes. so that's really beneficial so i follow all the teams if somebody gets rain or there's a change in the schedule you'll know right it's away. very organized it is we definitely have kept up a lot with social media i've been doing internship with them probably since May of last year so I was supposed to do like a permanent position in person with just um, the public relations side of it and like videoing because I'm a sport communication media major so I really do a lot of videos and graphic design stuff and I want to do more like interview like on-field reporting like interviewing people oh yeah but the whole process with COVID, so I just like stayed on, started this podcast, and then I was doing just, we did a little video work with the MLB draft, like players that were prospected to go pretty early on, we would make like highlight videos for them and stuff, so mm-hmm. it's been a good process, but COVID. It's helpful for, for me, you know, even on Twitter, is like, let's say I saw Wareham that night, mm-hmm. and they're interviewing one of the players, I like to hear him talk. I want to hear how they handle themselves. There's so much more than just, you know, the guy played well that day. You have, the, you know, how they play, how they compete, how they carry themselves, how they talk. It's all part of uh, trying to evaluate a player, the whole mm-hmm. player, not just the tools. Exactly. You know, you can find out what they're all about individually too. And even the process of going to the Cape is a big adjustment for some people. Some people you go so naturally and some people – it could be a little more difficult and it could affect their game at the end of the day because they're living with some strangers. They have a whole new set of coaches and teammates, which they don't run into really in college because they're with the same kids for four or five years. So it's definitely a whole whole thing that they really need to get used to. It's, it's a good indication of how a kid's going to maybe react in professional baseball. So he might be, say he's from Texas or Louisiana, he's never been to the Northeast before. Does he fit in? You know, how, how does he assimilate? You know, is he does he get along with other kids in the team that maybe he didn't know? It's all part of the whole picture on a player. So a lot of times we'll even ask, um, I'll talk to coaches or host family. You know, when a host family comes up and says, hey, this guy's one of the best kids I've ever had, you're like, okay, that, yeah. that's that's pretty good. Yeah, when it stands out to the host player. Yeah, we had... And when you've been doing the same teams for a long time, you get to know kind of a lot of the people. So not that we're trying to spy or get any dirt on the guy. We're just trying to figure out how, you know, what, what they're all about. Yeah, exactly. Can you share maybe a moment when you went to watch a player that was like a standout that summer, like maybe like Spencer Torkelson from like 2019, but another player shine and stood out to you and you were like, wow, like maybe a underdog kind of scenario where you didn't really think this player. Yeah. I do have a good one. I was driving from Boston, obviously in traffic and I called Harvey Shapiro at Bourne to see if, you know, Hey, I'm coming in and just wanted to see if the game's still on and everything. He goes, yeah. He says, but I tell you, we just faced this lefty 
named Kyle Freeland uh, last week, and he's pitching over at, at Hyannis. You, you probably ought to go over and watch him instead of us tonight. And I'm like, well, okay. And I roll in there, and the first inning, it was, uh, you know, it, you're like, okay, I'm in the right ballpark tonight. And here he is from Evansville. I didn't have his name. We didn't know anything about him. Uh, he not only showed stuff, he showed ability to pitch. He attacked the strike zone, and he was his – from that moment on, we started tracking him, and we end up taking him in the first round. He's one of the anchors of our staff. He helped us get to the postseason several years ago. So there's a case where he had no idea who the guy was. Mm-hmm. Because of connections, he's like, don't see me. Go see this guy. Yeah. And uh, and that's how that's how things work in scouting sometimes. And the process started right there that day with, with Kyle. We followed him with a lot of intent all the way through that summer and then through his junior year in college. And that just shows that that – that kid had that motivation and really drive to do well because he probably, that moment, he was probably so nervous. He was probably like, oh, my goodness. I didn't expect, like, a scout to come watch me. And just that process of knowing that you're being watched and probably very stressful knowing just going completely forward, even back to college until the draft occurred. Like, that whole process, it just all yeah backpacks each other. It all just keeps going from that one point where it started. It does. And that's the thing about the Cape is on any, even if you're not a guy, there's mm-hmm. going to be 10 to 20 scouts at every game. Yes. So you kind of have to so be ready and you, yeah. And you got to get, you got to tune that the players have to tune that out and play their game. Mm-hmm. Now that's easy sometimes for kids in these big power five schools that are playing in front of 10,000 fans. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're from a school that doesn't have that many and then like you're not going to tell if any scouts are in a game at, say, Mississippi State or LSU or Arkansas. Mm-hmm. We just get lost in the crowd. Yeah. But if I go to a smaller school, they know. Yeah. I mean, I knew are. when they were there when I was playing and I wasn't very good. So I try to get their attention real quick for they keep them from leaving. Yes, exactly. Even when I went to games, I would notice just the scouts that are there because behind the plate you see all the like guns every time they come up I just like would notice I'd be like oh my goodness like this is must be a big game because these these scouts are here even before I really understood the game of baseball and like the process Mm -hmm. of it when I was younger I even knew so I can't even imagine what they were thinking on the field (laughs) yeah how you deal with a lot of that like some kids will freeze up, some kids will, I mean, some have to get used to it. Again, like I said, it tells a lot about the player, yes. you know, who can tune it out and just play their game. Yeah, and who can just focus on what their job is for that day. And that's the great thing, too, is where you can have, you can have a kid from, uh, you know, the U- University of Maine, and he's playing against a kid from UCLA or mm-hmm. from the University of Florida, and they're all on the, they're all on the equal you know, they're, they're mixed in teams. They're all playing against each other up there. So the uniform doesn't, where they went to school doesn't matter. They're all on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. And now you can match your game up against that kids. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It's just like they're, they're all, they have that ability, but it's like some kids have that, like you said, more intense game life setting at school just like you said with the large crowds and everything so some people will either be up to par or some might choke as I hate to say that but some oh exactly you know they not everybody is on their best all the time and that's just expected but sometimes the cape will get to some kids and sometimes it will make others excel 
It really does. And it's an opportunity from somebody from maybe a smaller school to say, hey, I'm as good as these other guys, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to go show it. And then when you look at statistics for things like that, from maybe a power five school to somebody else, you kind of have to weigh it. But if you're in the Cape and you're getting it done, they're all on a, they're all on a, you know, even playing field there. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of instead of apples to oranges, it's apples to apples. And that's what I really love about it. And there's always somebody that jumps out that maybe you didn't expect. Yeah, it's like, un- like wow, this guy's pretty good. Yeah, it's unpredictable. I always think that about the Cape because it's always just like I talked to this kid the other day. He was like, yeah, I go to Florida Atlantic University. Like I knew I wasn't like I was one kid from my division and I knew like I wasn't at going to the same schools as these top five teams. But he was like, I knew my ability was there and I just had to prove that. And he was like, he shared a moment with me where he, on his last game, they didn't make the playoffs that year, but he hit a home run and a double and he got his batting average to over 300, which is very hard on the Cape to do. So he was like, yes. I really, that was probably my greatest memory because I got to prove myself against these really top athletes. And he was like, I knew at that point that I could play with these kids. And I feel like a lot of kids go through that moment where they're like, do I even have the right to be here? Like, can I play against these kids? So. That's a great point. And uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And you'll see kids go up there and and you can see it kind of, they're feeling their way through it early. Like I said, I'd like to get up there as early as I can. And then you can start seeing the confidence growing. And um, that's what I'm looking for, you know? And even the momentum, like the team. Yeah. And then the kids that are struggling, you Mm -hmm. know, the kids that are struggling and you're like, uh, how are they going to rebound? I can remember uh, what Nick Ahmad, right? From uh, he was playing at Bourne, and he wasn't. He had the knock where hey, he's not a really good hitter. And you'd finish the game. You get there early, he'd be in the cages. You'd finish the game, he'd be in the cages. So it's and, like he uh, knew he had to work on it. And people might be saying this thing, but he, in his head, he's like, "I'm going to prove to everybody around that he proved everybody wrong." And he, and he did it through through hard work. And then you go over to. You drive over the bridge and go watch Wareham and you see Kyle Schwarber just demolishing the league, you know, and, and you're like, wow, you know, so that's two different spectrums right there. One guy really worked. He was known as a great defender and he made himself into a good hitter and the other guy could really step on the field and hit. So you're, mm-hmm. you get to see a little bit of everything. Yes, exactly. It's all depends on that person and just what they're going through and addressing that summer and it's just great because not every person is the same. You just see the different moments where they're either excelling or they're working on something like you were saying in that guy. So it's just every, every person is different. Every summer is different. It just, you would think, Oh, it's just summer ball again. We're just going to come here, have a season, have a playoffs, but just something about the Cape and the community around it, the host parents, just everything combined. It's just, it's always unpredictable, but in a good way. It is. And it's one of the highlights of my summer because, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of laid back. You get there. There's it, the fields are, they're not spectacular. They're good. All the people set their chairs up. They kind of have places for us to sit. The weather's awesome. I live in the deep South. I want to get away from there as much as I can. Yeah. In the you're summer. like, I need a breeze. I need. Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you get to watch good baseball. And then even sometimes when I look back at some of the players that got to the big leagues and I'm like, man, this guy played. And I look back at my card and, uh, you know, it's 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 been it's been a lot of fun. It's gone by like, you know, really quick for me, the 10 plus years that I've done it. But 
I've seen a lot of major leaguers there, some that I thought were slam dunks mm -hmm. and some that I, I really didn't like a lot up there, and they proved me wrong. Yeah. Can you share one that you really recall that you didn't really expect to make it to the major, not expect, but just really surprised you? Well, one guy that I probably, I think it was, uh, I hope I got his name right, Tommy Listella. I liked him. I thought he was a good player. Yeah. And I thought he's a good hitter, and uh, I, you know, then boom, he's in the big leagues, mm -hmm. and he and he's hitting, and he's staying up there, you know. And he was one that uh, I look back, and I'm like, I got too caught up, maybe wasn't a great runner that, but at the end of the day, he was a really good hitter, you know. So that that's that's one that stands out. We all have uh, guys that we liked, then we all have guys that we kind of missed. He kind of stood out, and uh, you know, that, that that's one good example. I'm mm -hmm. sure I can think of some others. Uh, yeah, but, but there's so many kids that come through the Cape in the summer too. So I'm so glad that I grew up living there and enjoying it. And just to hear people that come for say a week or two and really enjoy it, whether they're just there for fun or they're part of their work. I just take it for granted sometimes that it's just in my backyard and I grew up watching it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's just great. I like talking with people that I enjoy talking with the coaches and the players and the members of the organization, but I really like people that are part of it but like not a part that I always get to talk with because like I could talk yeah. to the people in the organization, like I could run into them in the summer, but somebody like you, like I can't really run into as often and I don't really hear their perspective of what they do. And that's part of the, uh, that's why they did a movie on it. You mm -hmm. know, that's why that it's, it's the allure of the whole, you know, it, and when you go back every year, you start to know host families mm -hmm. or, you know, people's wives or, Hey, how are you doing? How's your son doing now? Because I would bring him up there with me a few years. You know, it's it's kind of it's just that baseball, that baseball community. Of, it really the is support that they get. Um, even some host families, like I would get a phone call. Who are you trying to send up? I want them. You know, I want another kid from down there. Or I try to line certain guys up. Try to handpick a guy for. I'm like Fred. You'll like this kid. Yeah. You know, and he'll mow the lawn for you if you need it in the morning or whatever. He'll help you out. Yeah, he'll hear that and just be like, okay, just send me yeah, his number. He's like, all right, I want him. Yeah, I want him. Yeah, Matt Miller was really awesome. He was definitely that Southern soul that was like, mm -hmm. yes, ma'am. What do you need? Just like always just fit right in and just like another brother I always looked at. Well, see, that's the thing about you, you take kids from the West Coast, the South, mm -hmm. Florida, Texas, you know, and you put them all in there together. It, it's a lot of again, different personalities. That, the guys that could fit in, learn to learn other cultures, learn other parts of the country, different diet. We don't have clam chowder in Louisiana. Yeah. We have gumbo. Yeah. You know? Even uh, just like the fast paced lifestyle we have um, up in up in the Boston Cape area. Like I talked to somebody, I forget where he's from somewhere, somewhere out West. And he was like, yeah, the traffic there, it's just always crazy. Like everybody's like honking at you, trying to get around, like going fast. I was like, yeah, that's like just lifestyle. Like we're just f so fast paced that we just have no time to like sit and relax. Like everybody's just like, go, go, go. Oh yeah. That's if you don't know where you're going up there, somebody's going to blow a horn. At oh you. yeah. Get out of the way. Yeah. You're in trouble. You're just, just get in the right lane and just watch <laughs> them. Yeah, and the roundabout coming off the oh. Bourne Bridge. You better, you better strap it on and get ready. Oh yeah, because people will get really, really mad at you if you don't know how to work it. <laughs> I know you learn real quick. You do. Well, it was really great speaking with you. That's really, I just like to hear about your experience scouting and just coming to the Cape and just hearing your experience, even though you don't get 
you have those two week period where it's like you all baseball all the time, but just to hear your enjoyment with it and just the relationship that you've made with Born and Wareham is really great. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to going back. I'm looking forward to eating at Mark Anthony's Pizza. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to eating uh, eggplant parmesan at uh, at Mezzaluna. Mezzaluna, and, yes. Uh, and and maybe having a glass of wine with your dad. So. Yeah, definitely. He'll be out by that bonfire all summer. Definitely oh, stop by. He'll definitely be happy about that. Well, glad glad I could come on with you. And if you ever need anything, just give me a holler. Thank you so much. Hopefully we'll run into each other this summer. Yeah, it will be up there. Well, good luck to you. And like I said, if there's anything I can do for you, just just reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, it was great talking with you and meeting you. And hopefully we'll see you soon. 10-4. You got it. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you next week for the next episode.